Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, and we are live. We got to let the stream breathe, though. You all know the drill just for a few seconds. Make sure I've got five green check marks on my side. We're good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, my partner in crime, my fellow football priest that you know and you love. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, tonight we're debuting a little bit different aesthetic. We have a little bit of a background that we're changing to moving toward. And we've got some other things coming in the very near future that are going to kind of move the podcast forward from a visual perspective on these live streams. But how are you hanging today, my friend? I'm doing pretty well. You know, it's uh, training camps in full swing. The season's around the corner. We have actually some Broncos-related news. Not the most fortunate news, Chad. We have some injury updates to go over, but also there are positive happenings at Dove Valley today as well that I'm excited to dive into and also tackle the mailbag in our favorite part of the week. Here are the topics we're going to get to at differing points in tonight's show. Of course, this is centered around the Mile High Mailbag because we are your football priests each and every week. We're here to offer you the absolution and the answers to your burning Broncos questions, and we're going to get to those here in just a minute. But the topics we're going to dive into tonight will open up with the injury bug and how it struck the Broncos here today. But we're also going to get to a few things Garrett Bowles had to say today and also a few things Shelby Harris had to say along the way, and we can't wait to talk to you guys. But, Zach, to kind of back it up first and foremost, yesterday was a little bit of a – kind of the first day where it really felt like the attrition of football was starting to take its toll because the Broncos started training camp last Friday, promptly had a day off, and then starting Sunday, they were going six straight days. So tomorrow will be that sixth day. And it was only a matter of time before some manner of of injury started striking the team. And that started a little bit on Wednesday. 
and it really kind of took off to another level on Thursday. <clears throat> First and foremost, the ones that seemed to be a little less serious. Vaughn Miller and Melvin Gordon were both pulled from practice today. Vaughn tweaked an elbow, and Melvin Gordon tweaked a rib, according to Vic Fangio. There is no news that I've been able to glean in, on, in terms of the severity, although Fangio said, I don't know what the severity is on those yet when he spoke with the media about 1 o'clock, maybe a little before that. Uh, no, no additional reports that I've gathered have added context. So in other words, Zach, it sounds like those two are just tweaks. There's a reason why he called it tweaks. Meanwhile, Todd Davis went down with a calf. Now, fans can remember last year on the first day of training camp, Todd Davis went down with a right calf. It turned out to be a tear, and it was supposed to be a three-, four-week recovery. He ended up missing two months, including the first two games of the season. Everyone remembers the crap show that was the Corey Nelson experiment to open the season. Uh, Corey Nelson and Josie Jewell as your starting off-ball linebackers. No wonder that defense struggled to find its footing to open the season. But I digress. Todd Davis, a calf again, Zach, but this time it's on the other leg. This time it's the left calf. And we learned from Mike Kliss of KUSA later on in the day that uh, it sounds like it's they're, they're quite worried about it. He underwent an MRI. And up to this point, Zach, I haven't heard any news on the prognosis. But if it does end up being a calf tear, if it's more than just a strain, Zach, that could end up being a four- to six-week injury. Yeah, and it's another Lauren Landau special, Chad. Another soft tissue, lower body injury, and that's the theme of Landau's error as the Broncos strength and conditioning coach. Uh, just, you know, the more you know, it's beyond coincidental now. It's just a theme with his his regimen. I also have to put the onus on Vic Fangio. I said this last year around this time. He, at times, he pushes the Broncos a little too hard, having continual practices. And this year, while I'm all for getting them acclimated and get, getting them into shape, Coming off no offseason, they haven't practiced, they haven't moved around, they were getting back into football shape and just regular shape, and to have six practices in a row, I don't know about that one. In terms of Davis, it seems like something, it's it's fortunate that he he uh, didn't injure his Achilles tendon or an ACL or something season-ending or career-threatening, but it seems like he'll be on the shelf for at least a couple weeks. He may be in danger of missing week one, and it might be the Justin Sternot error starting a little earlier than, than we would have liked or thought chat and yeah. that's how it's looking right now i mean just a couple of days ago <clears throat> i think it was monday's show we were answering a question about sternod and that look he's running with the second team you know it's going to take him some time if he ends up playing outside of it being an injury above him you know if something happens we're probably not going to really see him worked into the defense till down the stretch halfway through the season well that goes out the window now just because one of those qualifiers one of those conditions is that Todd Davis got injured. The guy, a guy, I should say, above him on the depth chart went down, which, of course, you hate to see, but it creates opportunity for the other guys. Joseph Semadeni jumping in with a super chat. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. He says, if Davis is out, will Sternod or Jewel get more snaps? Hashtag state of being. Zach, what we saw today was that both were worked into the rotation with the ones next to Alexander Johnson. The Broncos are going to air – on the side of veteran wherewithal, especially that with there being no, um, you know, no preseason, very limited rookie opportunities, they're going to lean on the on the veteran unless Sternod just blows the doors down and the reps he gets with the ones. I think it's safe to say probably Josie Jewell is going to be favored if indeed Todd Davis misses time and causes him to miss the opener against Tennessee. Jewell stands to be or is poised to be the biggest beneficiary, but. This is a huge opportunity for Sternod to actually get his foot in the door a lot earlier on this defense than 
was expected. It will be. I agree with you. It will be Josie Jewell to start out opposite AJ Johnson because he has veteran experience because he started before he has the skin in the game. It won't last though, Chad, by mid season, if not before that, it will be Sternod starting. This is assuming Todd Davis is out of the picture. If Davis is healthy, he's going to be starting, but Josie as the primary backup, he's going to have the torch for now, but he won't hold on to that for more than mid season. It will be Sternod as a long-term guy there. I don't like Josie Jewell. I'm not a fan of his. I think he's a, I, it's a downgrade from, from Todd Davis because he's not a good run stuffer as Todd Davis. Say what you want Davis about Davis's pass coverage. He's excellent in run support. Josie yep. Jewell is kind of just a jag. So it's not good for the Broncos defense. And we talked about yesterday where Justin Holland's position will be full-time. Now we know the answer. It can't be OLB if they need bodies at ILB. I think Hollins will get some work as well going forward. You know, I had high hopes for Josie Jewell when the Broncos took him in the fourth round a couple years back, but he's just not progressed. He hasn't taken a step forward in all the, you know, I remember being irritated hearing from Nick Kendall, who watched him every game at Iowa because Nick Kendall's a crazy Iowa fan, of course. And just not not so much being irritated, but when whenever Nick Nick Kip kept talking about kind of some of his athletic limitations and his lack of twitch and speed. But then you look at his production at Iowa and I'm like, well, you know, maybe this is a guy that might lack some of those athletic twitchy gifts, but when the, when the chips are down, push comes to shove, he produces on game day. I mean, just look at the, look at the tape, look at what he produced uh, in the box score and his, his accolades there at Iowa, but he just hasn't been able to turn a corner. So everything Nick talked about when Jewel was first drafted, that's basically the way it's shaken out. He's proven to be a backup caliber linebacker. He's not a guy you're going to be clicking your heels over if he's your starter. He's a good guy to have as a depth guy. Well, now he's being vaulted into that starting role, which is why potentially, which is why it's a little bit concerning. So I think for, you know, it's it's understandable why fans might be pining for Justin Sternod to, you know, win this particular battle and perhaps eclipse Josie Jewell in the near future. But Zach, there was also another injury that we have to report and that one came to K.J. Hamler. Now, in all fairness, this is an injury that Hamler's kind of been nursing for the last week or so. And it's just gotten to a point where it's not getting better. The only way to basically fix it is to rest him. Vic Fangio said today he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. So uh, Jeff C. jumping in with the Super Chat. Appreciate you, bro. He Thanks. says, hamstring before the combine, now at camp. What's up with K.J.? Yeah, the soft tissue injury, the hamstring it's, it's something that's kind of followed him a little bit, and it's something that you have to worry about because in his case, Zach, it's not so much you can't make the club from the tub. He's making the club, but you just can't make an impact when you're constantly on the injury report, constantly sitting out practice. You can't get worked into to the offense, and so hopefully that you know it's a temporary thing and he gets to the season and it ends up being in his rear view, but it's just not a very auspicious start for him in training camp. I would not expect to see Hamler until week one. I, I, I put this out there on Twitter with hamstring injuries. It, they're so notorious because they're easily reaggravated and they're tough to rehab. Like you just said, the only way for it to get 100% better is to just stay off of it for at least a few weeks. And they have a, a knack of reoccurring throughout the year. And it's funny because we compare KJ Hamler to Deshaun Jackson, and hamstring issues have plagued Deshaun Jackson throughout his career. It seems to happen with speedier guys. I think Tyree Kill even had a hammy issue a few years ago. It's just it's part of the game. It's not ideal, but at least the Broncos are loaded for Barrett receiver. They can withstand the loss of KJ Hamler. Like Chad mentioned, he's locked into a roster spot. He showed out well at practice already. So he showed a glimpse 
of what he can do. He's not going to be a starter full time. They can, you know, weather his absence for a few weeks, but you like to see him, like you said, Chad, stay healthy consistently or else he'll develop that injury prone reputation and you'll have more and more fans second guessing saying, hmm, should we have taken this guy in the second round or maybe should have taken a tackle or a cornerback? Juwan Winfrey has been nursing a groin. <clears throat> of course, he's the second-year former sixth-round pick, been nursing a groin. The Broncos tried to put him back into the action today, and he made an effort, but they quickly pulled him out. He's just like K.J. Hamler, soft tissue. He's going to have to rest it. And, Zach, that's just not good for his prospects. I want to get your thoughts on that, and I also want to grab Mundungus's Super Chat. But first, really quick, let me get this out of the way. Matters of business as Mile High Huddle continues to grow at an exponential rate, especially on YouTube, especially on Facebook. We want to make sure our new community members know how to connect with us across different social channels. The key here is Twitter. Make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. While you're at it, follow the mother account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. You got those two boxes checked, so to speak. You're never going to miss anything as it relates to podcast programming, giveaways, polls, and all that or breaking Broncos news and analysis. And then we got to draw your attention gently to the merch store. Head on over, gang, if you're in a position, to huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on. Get yourself one of these mile-high huddle trucker hats. Get a football priest hat like you see Zach wearing. Football priest t-shirt. You got a mug like you can see behind me, a face mask. Hoodies. Let them hate. That's been our number one selling t-shirt, the one that Zach's wearing now. for the Very comfy. The number one selling item on the merch store, I would say, for the last two, three weeks. So if you're in a position, it's a great way to support what we're doing here at MHH. If not, it's all good. We're just happy to have you here with us in the stream or listening after the fact as a podcast on demand. But wherever you're listening, make sure you do these three things. They help us tremendously. It's organic. Subscribe, number one. Number two, make sure you like this video or like this episode. And if you really love what Zach and I are doing here, bringing you this content on the daily Share it out there. Help us continue to grow and reach like-minded Broncos fans like you. Maybe it's friends. Maybe it's family. Three simple things you can do. And then a quick shout-out here to our our Facebook supporters. Um, we love you. Pobby's on there. Steve, Jerry, Michael, Emmy, Gerald, Chris. What's up, Roger, Jeff, Amber? We really Thank appreciate you your support on Facebook. This is something that's uh, relatively new to MHH is people in our Facebook community they don't necessarily have to jump over to YouTube. If they want to show us some love, um, they can stay right on Facebook and become a supporter or they can give stars while we're streaming live. So for those of you on Facebook interested in supporting what we're doing, I'll put the link here, but it's pretty easy in the chat here. I'll put it in there. Just head to facebook.com slash mile high huddle. You'll see the blue button. It's impossible to miss. And that's how you can become a supporter. And we appreciate you. This is the overtime podcast network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. 
tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, Zach. So, Juwan Winfrey. Then we're going to grab Mundungus and dive straight into the mailbag. <sighs> is this guy even have a shot at making this team. You're now a week no. in. He's, he's been almost, I wouldn't say zero participant, but very little uh, reps so far because of this groin. And this is Zach coming out into a, a depth chart that admittedly just got a little bit thinner with KJ Hamler also exiting with an injury, but still a lot of talent right now popping off on, on the field at the wide receiver position. I don't see Winfrey any way he makes the roster. He didn't contribute last year. He was a head-scratching pick to start with, Chad. We both looked at each other, you know, virtually when, we, when they made that pick. Like, why are they taking this guy? Why they trade for this guy? Um, but, you know, he's been on the roster. He's been around. I don't see anything in his game that stands out. He's not a super long guy. He's not a super fast guy. He's not a super powerful guy as a receiver. He's just there, and he hasn't been able to stay healthy. He hasn't been able to get on the field. And if the Broncos liked him, they wouldn't have drafted three receivers this year. So he's not in the future plans. He's a practice squad guy to end all practice squad guys. He has no chance of making the final roster. He was kind of billed. Well, first of all, Philip Lindsay went to bat for him, and he was kind of billed as perhaps that next unheralded, similar to, to Philip Lindsay, potential star coming out of CU. But similarly to his the way his college career shook out at, at CU, so far injuries have really kind of derailed. He builds up a little momentum and then gets nicked, and then that goes away. He gets sidelined. The one thing I'll say, not, not to pick holes in what you said about him in terms of what he brings to the table, there's not a lot to write home about. The one thing I'll say about him, though, you can go back and watch his tape at CU, and you can watch what few reps he received in the preseason last year. He's got that clutch gene, and that's one thing I'll give him, and it's not something that can be taught to guys. They either have it or they don't, but still availability is the best ability, and at this point, Zach, Juwan Winfrey is on the sideline watching other young wideouts stake their claim for the roster, so we'll see how it shakes out. Let's grab Mundungus jumping in with a very generous super chat, the Wizzy and the Hizzy. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, so offensive coordinators change their game plans depending on personnel. Do you see Pat Shermer deploying some pro sets or power eye or offset eye to have Lindsey and Gordon on the field at the same time? Maybe a decoy. I don't know so much about pro set, but I think you'll see a lot of gun looks where you've got both of them in the backfield. So, you know, maybe uh, two wide receivers, one tight end on the field, two backs in the gun, and they can run different kinds of play action fakes. One of them runs a route, the other one. There's a lot of different things, and that's something that Shermer spoke to. I don't know what it was, Zach. 
maybe back in June, one of his two um, Broncos press conferences that he's had since he was hired, he talked about that, yeah, there will be some looks that we're going to deploy on the field where they're both on the field. Exactly what sets those are going to be remains to be seen, but it's probably a safe bet that it's going to be not uh, not uh, three wide because you unless you take the tight end off the field, you're not going to be able to go three wide, but in shotgun passing sets. Yeah, there's going to be times and formations, and that's the thing about Pat Shermer that I'm excited about is he's so creative with his different um, formations and the things he throws at offenses or defenses, excuse me. He never wants to get the same look twice. A lot of Andy Reid and Pat Shermer's game planning. There's going to be plays where there's going to be both uh, Gordon and Lindsay in the backfield. I can also see, Chad, not predominantly, I can see spots where Phillip Lindsay is kicked out wide and lining up at wide receiver on a simple screen pass and end around anything to get the ball into his hands. Pat Shermer will employ so absolutely they'll be involved in the passing game and there's going to make it harder on defenses to prepare for not one of them on the field with their skill sets but both of them at the same time it's exciting amen greg good to see you my friend he says uh good evening fellas right off the bat injuries are not something we are looking for we were looking forward to yeah, absolutely no not you hate to part see it but game. it's part of the game uh john libick jumping in good evening to you as well my friend I noticed that your uh, order from the merch store has shipped. Hopefully you've got that tracking number. If not, feel free to reach out to me and we'll provide that to you. Um, let's grab Dom here. What's up, Chad and Zach on Facebook. Do you think KJ is really banged up bad or do you think he'll come back in two weeks from his hamstring? No, it's bad. They're taking their second round pick off the field in an extremely truncated training camp for two weeks. At least it's bad. It's, it's bad enough they're willing to to take that lump and you know I'm not it's not season threatening it's not necessarily going to end his his rookie campaign before it ever begins Zach but it's a serious injury yeah, and that's what I've been saying. I'd be surprised if we saw Hamler before week one. The Broncos have to exercise caution now. If they don't, he can tear the hamstring. He can make it worse. It could be a higher grade uh, strain of that hamstring. They're so tough to get better, and they have to just rest them, keep them in mothballs until week one and hope for the best. Uh, but like you said, it is fairly serious. If they're not putting him on the field, if they're not getting him reps out there, he was lighting it up in training camp too. It's unfortunate for his progress, uh, but they, they have nothing – to do right now, Chad. They're powerless. They have to let it rest and get better to 100%. All right, John, I don't know if you have Terry Randall's super. The stream just did a jump here. While we, while we, you look at that, I can always go back into YouTube and pull it. We got Zeus McPeak condescending Zoom. from on high, way up top at MHH Mount Rushmore, showing his generosity and his impact. Appreciate you, my friend. He Thank said, you. time to start shopping for linebackers. Zach, what's your immediate answer to that? I don't think so. I, I, we talked about Justin Hollins. They have, um, you know, a couple other young guys on the roster. Tuska, they're excited about. I mean, they, I, I'm excuse me, Sternat, not Tuska. They yeah. have some younger guys. I mean, they have Josie Jewell. They're trying to maximize talent from. They do have AJ Johnson. I don't think they would uh, sign an inside linebacker. I saw Buana put it out there in the comments section about Malcolm Smith, the veteran. They're not going to go that route. I mean, I'd rather have the younger guys play. This is a general rule that I like to follow throughout any position. I like to give the younger younger guys a chance. So whether that's uh, Sternad, whether that's Jewel, or whether that's Justin Hollins, I would rather them get the opportunities over some veteran Jack like Malcolm Smith. Not only that, Zach, but think if they would, they tried that other route. They tried just going with an off-the-street uh, signing for Fangio's scheme, and it blew up in their face. Meanwhile, if they would have just played the young guys 
Alexander Johnson was waiting in the wings to yep. destroy. Instead of debuting in week five, he would have debuted in week one, and the rest would have been history. You don't, in other words, when you go off the roster to fill an immediate need like this when something happens to a starter in training camp, you don't know what you might be sacrificing or what you might be missing out on by not instead turning to the youth and the depth on the on the depth chart to give them an expanded opportunity. So in this case, I think you'll see them, of course, give those reps to Jewel and to Sternod, perhaps a little bit of Hollins, although with Hollins, I just haven't seen him do anything yet as an off-ball linebacker right. that is justifiable to, to play starter snaps. But nevertheless, Sternod and Jewel. This is Jewel, honestly – this is Jules' opportunity to prove to the front office after his demotion last year, and in fairness to Jewel, you know, it took an injury for him to lose his starting job. If he doesn't get injured last, uh, last year in week four and has to miss week five on the road at the Chargers, he probably is still the starter, or there's a good chance he doesn't lose his job. But that happens in the NFL. They say you're not supposed to lose your job because of an injury. <laughs> they oh. say it, but it ain't true. It happens. Happens all the time. Week after week in the right. NFL. So this is Jules' opportunity to prove to the front office, hey, man, you had faith in me as a starter for basically a year and a quarter. You drafted me to be one of those future linebackers. I can still be that guy. Meanwhile, you got Sternod nipping at his heels as the shiny rookie, the fast rookie. He's got speed. He's got length. He's got explosion. So, you know, when push comes to shove, <clears throat> Zach, I don't, I don't really – I don't think Jewel's going to be able to fend off Sternod. If Davis does really end up having to miss a lot of time, it's it's probably only a matter of time before Sternod leapfrogs Jewel just because of the different things they can do. But that's assuming with him in the scheme. But that's assuming Sternod can put it all together between the ears, which there's just no way to guarantee that for a rookie. And by the way, Terry Randall jumping in north of the 49th parallel. Love you, buddy. Proven Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being. Appreciate you, my friend. So I don't know, dude. We'll see. But Sternod is the guy to watch, man. That's the guy that the hopes of Broncos country is probably resting on right now. Yeah, we all wanted him to be the inside linebacker of the future even before Davis' injury, and now it just expedites that 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 hope and that plan. I, I really agree with what you said, though. I think starting out is going to be Jewel because he has that experience, because the Broncos can rely on him just a little more at this point. But Sernad's ability and, and his ceiling and his upside, which just dwarfs Josie Jewel's, uh, it's, it's only a matter of time, like you said, before he takes over as a starting inside linebacker. And like I mentioned, uh, if it's Beyond week eight, that happens. I'd be surprised. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. 
The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Dennis Woods jumping in, one of our superstars. Appreciate you, Dennis, and how consistently you support our podcast. He says, I can't stay long, but wanted to show some love and appreciation for you guys. Hashtag state of being from Michigan. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Hey, man, maybe write a letter to that governor of yours about college football happening in that state. Try try and do your part there to to move the needle. In all seriousness, much love to you, Dennis. Appreciate you. Um, All right. Let's see what else we've got here in the chat stream. Here's an interesting point from Jesus. Alvarez on Facebook, we don't need two bangers, meaning we don't need two two down thumping linebackers. We need someone that can cover. True. Well, this might be a little bit off the topic that Jesus is bringing up here, but the one piece of solace Broncos fans should have, if indeed Davis does end up missing some serious time, is that Alexander Johnson played at a Pro Bowl level last year, and he is chomping at the bit to take it to the next level. We talked about this way early in the offseason, but – Smoke Dog, Al Wilson, went on record to say that he sees Pro Bowls and All Pros in Alexander Johnson's future. Alexander Johnson said, "If I think it was yesterday, I think it was Wednesday, they made him available to the media, and we got to hear from him and talk to him, and he said, I want Pro Bowl, I want All Pro. Vic Fangio said, well, in order for that to happen, he's got to, in terms of improvement and getting to that next rung, he's got to be more, he's got to, take more seriously and and master the mental aspects of the game. But he's such a talented linebacker, Zach, that that's going to help make up whatever gap might exist. If it ends up being Jewel or Sternod's inexperience as a rookie, it's a little bit more confidence inspiring knowing you've got such a dynamic linebacker, Alexander Johnson there. Yeah. Talent always wins out. And that's why it's only going to be a matter of time when Sternad puts it together between the ears, it's going to just make uh, Josie Jewell obsolete and he'll be in the starting lineup. So very well said, Chad. And I agree with that. I think there might be in real time that we're doing this podcast live. So let's see here if there's an update on Todd Davis for what it's worth. Let me check. John's telling me, check out Bob Morris. Let me check out his Twitter real quick. Uh, Brandon Cristal of uh, KOA is reporting uh, the MRI on, on Todd Davis is a left calf strain. Last year, he suffered a partial tear. So the expectation is the recovery will be sooner. So there's some, there's a silver lining for you, Zach, is that it doesn't appear to be a tear. It's a strain. So probably going to be a week or so, I would guess would be the prognosis. It's like a bronze lining because we all want Sternod to be the inside linebacker of the future. And we all, we know it's good that Davis is healthy and he avoided major injury. But if he's back in the lineup, it's like, you know, back to the old and not in with the new just yet. So it'll happen, though, eventually. Well, And just keep in mind, you know, we, we sometimes are critical of Todd Davis on this show, especially with 
his obvious shortcomings as a, as a cover guy, but he led the team in tackles last year. He went over 100 tackles and in only 14 starts. He's a very productive and smart linebacker. He's a leader on that defense. And even though the fans don't love Todd Davis, those coaches, I mean, they absolutely love Todd Davis. So, you know, if, if, you, if it's about winning the game today, right now, the, what we know about Sternod, maybe it's a little bit of devil you know, devil you don't psychology here. But if push came to shove and you ask me who gives, us, who gives the Broncos the best chance to win the season opener at home against the Tennessee Titans, I'm saying a healthy Todd Davis over a healthy and rookie and inexperienced Justin Sternod. But to Zach's point, he brings that athletic coverability where he can turn and run with guys. And, you know, we want to see that come into the defense and be injected into this defense at some point this year. Yeah, that's, I agree with you. Obviously, he's the best case inside linebacker right now, but going forward for 2021 and beyond, that's not Davis, that's not Jewel, that's not Hollins, that's Sternad. So the sooner that era starts, the better for the Broncos. Interesting question here from Cody Potter coming via Super Chat. Thank you, Cody. Thank you. And Cody, dude, uh, are you on Twitter? If I thought I found you, but now I'm thinking it wasn't you. So if you're on Twitter, reach out to me. Does – the Hamler injury solidified Deontay Spencer to the roster, which Good question. I mean, look, we're, we're on, we're sitting here August 20th, three and three weeks and change. And it's going to be at least two on Hamler. I think, yeah, he's probably solidified at least making it out of camp. That doesn't guarantee that he'll stick for the whole 16 game season on the 53, but that's one guy who hates to see his teammate go down but in the back of his mind, he's going, all right, my path to the roster just got a little bit easier. Yeah, I think he was mostly solidified. We talked about this yesterday. If the Broncos kept six wide receivers, Spencer would be that guy. We're both in agreement there. And now, yeah, it's a lock. He's not going to be ready. or I, He might be ready by week one, but they're going to be tentative if they play him in that game, not to have a long-term injury, not to re-aggravate it. So regardless, I think Devante, Deontay Spencer will be on the week one roster. Will he last the entire season when Hamler's healthy? I don't know about that, but week one, I think he does make the team. All right. We've got our friend Adon, a six foot 10 Mexican is his handle on YouTube. Appreciate that on super chat. My friend, the support, he says, love the new background. All right. Good to hear. We think it pops. We think it looks good. And we're not right in your face like this on the screen. That's one of the things we wanted to kind of tweak. So you think the lack of a preseason hurts the vets more than the rookies hashtag state of being Hashtag plugging that podcast to his Broncos talk. Much love, Adon. Appreciate your support, my friend. I'm not sure what you're speaking to. Like as if we're saying a lack of preseason hurts the vets more than the rookies. I don't recall either one of us making that point. If you're just asking straight up, no. I mean, lack of a preseason obviously hurts rookies way more than it hurts vets. Is that yeah, I mean, it hurts the entire team, and it's hurting every team right now. But the rookies are the ones that are swimming. The rookies are the ones that haven't been in the system last year. So uh, veterans are always better off, regardless of the circumstance, regardless of a pandemic or not. Yeah, the rookies are way more affected than the vets through all this. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. 
Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. We make our subs differently because our subs can make a difference every day. That's why we're bringing back our daily medium sub special. Enjoy a different handcrafted medium sub at a special price for every day of the week. From Meatball Monday to Italian Sunday. Get it for a limited time, only at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your pickup order. We got Chase Wellner, a bona fide superstar. Appreciate you, Chase. And Thank you. I was kicking myself. Zach was kicking himself when we saw that we missed a Chase Wellner super chat the other night. And so I reached out to him privately. We happens once in a blue moon where one slips through the cracks when it's a really active chat and we miss one. So Chase, hope you know. We love you, buddy. Appreciate you. He says, Nick Kendall mentioned the idea of McTelvin Ajim, the Broncos rookie third round defensive end, gaining some weight next offseason and perhaps replacing Mike Purcell as the nose. Do you have any premature thoughts on this? Not really other than to say I think he has it within his frame to put on that weight and still be a twitched up explosive interior guy that, you know, the question is, can you hold the point of attack? Can you be that pivot for the defensive line? And, you know, that's why you put on the weight, but at the same time, you also have to have some of that trenchman lunch pail mentality. And let's not forget Zach, Ajim came from the edge. He was an outside in guy. He started as a stand up edge rusher slash defensive end, and then ended up, you know, becoming more of a, three-tech defensive tackle type. And in the Broncos defense, obviously, he's going to be a, he's going to be a down lineman defensive end. So I think even this year, Zach, as a rookie, Ajim can play that zero, that one, and rush on sub packages. But on base defense, when you know that you've got a 60% chance on first or second down of a run, yeah, he needs to prove himself more in that realm. But I'm not saying it's impossible. I just think we need to see a little bit more about Ajim as a pro before we jump to conclusions. Right. Yeah, my, my premature thoughts are it's a, it's a really interesting idea by Nick, but Mike Purcell is what the number one rated nose tackle in the NFL, Chad, according to Pro Football Focus. He thrived in a Fangio system. Him and A.J. Johnson sparked the turnaround of, of the Denver defense last yep. year, and they, br- and they brought him back this year. He's a great nose tackle. And look at Kenny Clark in Green Bay. Just got a massive record-setting contract. Nose tackles are valuable, very much so in the NFL. Very unheralded position, underrated position, but the Broncos have an elite nose tackle now. I'm not looking to replace them. I'm not looking to convert other players. I would look for a gene to be like the next Shelby Harris before he's the next Mike Purcell. I want to keep everyone where they are and keep Purcell, especially where he is, as that middle as that anchor of the Denver defense. All right. Here's Jeff C jumping in again. Appreciate you, bro. On super chat. He says, are you guys concerned about the second string quarterback? Only in the sense that if something did happen to lock knock on wood, you're going down with the ship. If Driscoll's is the guy that's supposed to, I mean, as a stopgap for one game, maybe two, you just hold on for dear life. But Zach, he has been he, – he had a better day today on day six. 
but he's been downright atrocious. Like he's letting a second year former college free agent Brett Rippon outshine him as the guy that's making, you know, a couple, two, three million bucks this year and is the veteran stopgap, the guy who's place on the roster is supposed to be unquestioned for Jeff Driscoll. Brett Rippon's been outshining him. So I'd be lying to you if I were to say his play uh, hasn't concerned me. It has. I hope he turns it around, but it's not looking good. And were it not for that guaranteed money John Elway gave Driscoll, I'd be right now saying look out for for Brett Rippon to win that backup job. Just based on merit, so far Rippon I think has been modestly better by a sliver than Driscoll. But contracts play a big role. Guaranteed money plays a big role on who makes that 53, Zach. We know this. Yeah, you know, I'm not too concerned. And any quarterback go against the second-string Broncos defense, that's still a really, really talented group. That would cause most backup quarterbacks fits. Not excusing excusing his play. It's been pretty awful in training camp so far. But the Broncos knew who they were getting. And no matter who was behind them, Drew Locke went down. They're in trouble this year. I mean, how many teams can have a solid starting caliber backup quarterback? I, I can think of a few at the top of my head. Driscoll's not that, though we thought he was a back uh, upgrade on the backup, which was Rippon. Is he better than Brandon Allen? I don't know that just yet. But I'm not panicking through a few practices at training camp if Locke would go down. If that would happen, Chad, they'd be screwed regardless. They're screwed anyway, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to let that play out a little more before I press the panic button on Jeff Driscoll. Of all topics, we have bigger fish to fry. Amen. We got Jess jumping in on with a question on YouTube. KJ Hamlin already with the injuries. Should we have taken Denzel Mims instead? No. We no. should have taken Ezra Cleveland or whoever right. was on the board, yes. whatever offensive. The same reason, look, we try not to be the guys who have to pat ourselves on the back and told you so, but we took a lot of heat the night of the draft when we came back on for uh, our gut reactions, I should say, not necessarily the night of the draft, but – when we came on and Zach broke, we broke it down and said, look, here's our grade. Here's why we didn't love the KJ Hamler pick. It didn't have anything so much to do with his, his hammy and his inability to run at the combine or the fact that he's not a good player because he is a very explosive, dynamic wideout. It was that after taking Jerry Judy in the first round, to use a phrase Zach just used, you had bigger fish to fry than adding another wide receiver. And that unfortunately reared its ugly head when Juwan James decided to go chill on the beach for this season. So should you have taken Mims instead, if you were just restricting it to wide receivers, I think it's too early to say that, but um, I still think it would have been more prudent Zach for that to have been one of the offensive tackles. Man, Chad, you just nailed that. You took the words right from my mouth. Uh, and the funny thing about Mims is he's hurt too. The jets drafted him. Now he's, he's out with an injury. I think it's a, I want to say a lower body injury as well, a leg or something like that, but he's on the shelf as well. I'm with Chad, though. I wanted a tackle or a guard, just something to help out the offensive line more than I wanted to double-dip at wide receiver in rounds one and two. So I 100% agree with Chad. Larry Vaughn jumping in. <clears throat> Appreciate that super chat, Thank my you, friend. Larry. He says, didn't we sign a linebacker that was in Detroit last year? He's an edge, he's an edge guy. He can play a little off-ball, I guess, but I think they're working Malik Carney at uh, edge. So yes, if that's who you're talking about, he played a little bit with the lions last year, went undrafted. He's a guy I actually talked to at the combine last year. And he was very, he's a guy that Eric trickle turned me on to. In fact, I asked Eric for a list of guys that would fit the Broncos and interest him as Broncos fits. And Carney was one of the names trickle provided me. So I went and found him and talked to him and he's really smart. 
but he's just not the most, you know, he's kind of a lunch pail guy. He's very similar to Malik Reed in that there's nothing that he really blows yet away with from a, from a talent perspective, but he's just a consistent lunch pail type guy and really smart. So we'll see if he's able to shine at all going up against seventh round pick Derek Tuska, Malik Reed, Justin Hollins, Jerry Attachew's got a roster spot locked down. So it's, it's quite a long climb if Malik Carney were to make this 53, Zach. Yeah, I mean, pretty interesting prospect for someone like Fangio who cut his teeth coaching outside linebackers to get his uh, claws into. But there's just too many other talented players ahead of him, established players ahead of him. Um, if we're talking about him and his chances of making the final roster, I think they're pretty nil. I think you'd agree, Chad. But, you know, a good guy to have for now to see what he can do in training camp. James Campbell says, you have to see draft prospects with a three- to four-year big picture. If it takes half a season on injured reserve for K.J. Hamler to get healthy and the complete offseason process in order to be effective in year two as a space creator, so be it, is what he's saying. And, yeah, I mean, if you take the long view, yes. And we knew this was something that we've been posturing and trying to prepare fans for. Again, it's that recency bias. It's that. That thing about the draft picks and especially especially the premium rounds, fans want to crown him out of the gates. But look, he was never going to eclipse Jerry Judy this year, anyways. He was going to be the third, probably third or fourth wide receiver at the table in the offense this year, barring injuries. So, as James points to you, there's your silver lining. Looking at the big picture, if it does take time to get him healthy and get him, you know, so you can capitalize and hit the accelerator next year. I mean. Yeah, I can see that, but the Broncos were hoping to get some production out of him this year. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, but like we've been cautioning since he was drafted, he was never going to be Tyree Kill out of the gates, KJ Hamler. He was never going to be Deshaun Jackson out of the gates. For the most part, he might have been a situational player or a role player or a decoy. He wasn't going to be the level of Cortland Sutton or even the level of Jerry Judy. So if they're going to lose one of those guys, I hate to say it, but KJ Hamler is the most... Uh, you know, they can spare him right now and they can allow him to develop when he comes back healthy at his own pace. And going forward, he will be that speedster, that wide receiver, too, in this offense. I'm not panicking too much about his long term impact with the Broncos, Chuck. One of our Facebook supporters, and oftentimes as well, a super chat superstar, Jerry Holland, jumping in. Does the virtual reality equipment help the wide receivers? Could KJ take advantage of the downtime with something like that? If, uh, yes, if. It's a different animal. I don't see how it really could to the same degree that it does a quarterback. But if the coaches wanted to strap a camera on Jerry Judy or whoever they have playing that role for the Hamler's role while he's out, I could see some utility to it, but it's just different. It's just not quite the same. A quarterback has the full view of the field. He can scan. He can do this. You know, wide receiver would be very different to strap VR on him. I don't know how yeah. utility-wise, Zach, how, how helpful that would really be. Yeah, that's more geared for quarterbacks. Uh, receivers, it's one of those positions where you just have to be out there lining up, getting a feel for the the defensive backs covering you, the feel for the quarterback's delivery when he times the passes. Get, get on the field and do it, Chad. It's like the best way to do everything else. Here's Mark Johnson, a an immense Broncos fan, a good friend of mine as well. We've been friends on Facebook for a long time. Of course, our paths cross because of the Broncos, but we also share a musical taste in melodic punk rock and hardcore. So Mark Johnson, good to see you, bro. Thanks for being in the stream, my friend. He says, what are the requirements and regulations for watching home games at Empower Field? So right now, there's nothing, all right? As it stands now, fans aren't going to be allowed by the state into the stadium. However, the Broncos, Zach, they officially requested permission uh, from the state 
to have, what was it, 20% capacity, I think. And then, of course, they have specific stipulations and whatnot in place to try and garner that approval from the state. Before we went live, I wasn't aware of any new developments on that front if the state had gotten back to them yet, but yeah. uh, it just depends. They've done a lot of different things. We don't know yet exactly what those stipulations are. At least I'm not aware of them, what the requirements and regulations are, Zach. But we do know that they've made a lot of changes and improvements and upgrades to the stadium and similarly to what they did to the facility to mitigate the risk of infectious right. spread. There's no way to eliminate it. All they can do is mitigate it down as far as is, is possible uh, with there still being fans in the stands. So they're hoping to start the season with 20% of capacity. We'll, hopefully we'll have news on that within the next couple of days. Yeah, I mean, it's still up in the air right now and everything like else is when it comes to fan attendance until the season starts. Uh, when you go in the stadium or if you can go in the stadium, there's going to be the requisite hand washing stations, you know, hand dispensers, social distancing signs and arrows and this and that. So that's just the basic stuff. Um, in terms of how they're going to do the seating, we don't know that yet. How many fans are going to be in the stands, if any, we don't know that yet. It's literally a day-by-day process and we hope to have uh, more uh, clarity on that in the next week or so. Two weeks. All right. Let me really quickly here. Adam, shout out to Adam, who's caught first time. He's caught a live stream in a while. Love the show. Yeah. Being from Good Iowa. I hope Josie Jewell doesn't kill us when covering tight ends. <laughs> we feel you on that, Adam. And we have a special place in our hearts for Iowa because that's where Nick's from. So much love to you, my friend. Thanks for being with us. Uh, let's grab Damon here on super chat and names act that we do not recognize on yep. super chat. So welcome Damon. Welcome my friend. Thank you for the support and your generosity. It means a lot to us and it's very helpful to us in terms of allowing us to continue bringing you this content. So thank you. And if you're on Twitter, be sure to reach out to myself or Zach or the podcast account. Let us know who you are. We'll follow back. We'll connect. We'll shout you out after the show. He says, I just left South Korea for jolly old England. Mm. Looking forward to repping the blue and orange over here. I can't normally watch live, but I don't miss a podcast. You guys really helped me get through my time in South Korea. Rad. Love hearing Very it. Very cool. Love hearing it. We uh, you know, we are an escape for our fans. Not only an escape, but you know, we provide you the updates, we give you our analysis on the on the news and whatnot. It's fun, but you guys are an escape for us too. This is an yes. escape for Zach and I and the stressors of life and the crazy. SHIT that's been going on in, in the year 2020. So, you know, it's reciprocal, Zach. It really is. Yeah, it's uh, we've been saying that a lot. You guys have been thanking us for being your escape through all this and getting you through CV. And it's you guys have done that and more so for us. And we love coming to you four days a week. We love these mailbag podcasts. And it seems, Chad, that James has a new friend that are out in England. So Damon and James, you get a couple yeah. Broncos fans out there in England. It's exciting. There you go. Terry, jumping back in. Appreciate you, bro, on Super Chat. He says, it's hard to tell from the highlights from camp, but it looks to me like the 10 pounds Philip Lindsay put on haven't affected his pop through the line. Thoughts? I would agree with you. He's looked really explosive. He looks like himself in terms of, you know, he looks like the same old Lindsay that we've seen these last two years. When I say same old, that's an explosive, electric, fiery, dynamic, fast, just playmaker at the running back position. And he seems fired up, dude. Like he had one day that he probably wants back in which he dropped a pass that went right through his hands and fumbled. Philip Lindsay never fumbles as a pro. He's never fumbled. Not once in terms of the regular season. He just doesn't fumble. He had some fumbling issues initially at CU when he first was with the buffs, but he took that as a lightning rod challenge, fixed it. 
and became consistent, and that's carried on over to the pros where he's yet to put the ball on the ground. So for it to happen in training camp, in a practice, even though you know you think you're lucky stars, it wasn't a game, Zach, he gets fired up and pissed, and he's really hard on himself. But so far, I haven't seen any change in terms of is the weight you know slowing him down? Doesn't seem to be, Zach. And I don't think uh, Fangio believes that either, Chad, because he even said today he's not going to name a starting running back yet. He's probably going to go with the rotation there. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome to America, the land of junk sleep, where it's bedtime, but you're double booked. Here, there's always one more deadline to meet, episode to watch, or meme to share. The world may not want you to sleep, but we do. Only the sleep experts at Mattress Firm can help you find the right bed at the right price. Unjunk your sleep. In-store or online at mattressfirm.com today. And it's because Philip Lindsay won't allow Fangio and the Broncos to do that. He's not going to allow Melvin Gordon to take that RB1 title from him without literally killing him, keeping off the field. It's, it's so tough to let a talent like that rot on the sideline. And he's showing no matter who you sign, no matter how much weight he puts on, no matter how good the Broncos defense gets, Philip Lindsay is going to be a playmaker. I cannot wait to watch him ball this season. Just remember that we've been telling you all offseason that when the dust settles, Philip Lindsay is still going to be the nominal starter in Denver. Now the snaps and the touch share might end up being pretty dang close to split, and it might even favor Melvin Gordon, but Philip Lindsay is going to maintain his job as the starting running back of the Denver Broncos. Our friend Albert Knoppers, who's been a great supporter of this podcast, and Mile High Huddle, super chat superstar. He's won some merch. Great guy. Uh, I'm trying to remember, uh, uh, is it Belgium? Oh, no, Netherlands. Netherlands. He's originally from the Netherlands. Uh, Anyway, he says, injuries now do have benefits. You can now practice with different people, and in the case of the regular season, you're at least somewhat used to it. Yeah, it gets different opportunity. I mean, injuries suck, Zach, but it creates opportunity, and that's part of the NFL ecosystem. Mile High Beauty jumps in to say, I heard Sternod had a good day today, put a nice hit on Bellamy. Uh, Levante Bellamy, the undrafted rookie running back. And I also heard he was all over the field. Yeah, I heard he had a good day as well. And he did have a nice play where he went through the line and laid a pretty hard hit, nice pop on on the rook. So two rookies colliding. And uh, so so far so good for Sternod in terms of being given Zach a little bit of an expanded opportunity with Davis going down. Yes, and if he keeps this going, regardless of Davis's health, he's going to be the starting inside linebacker at some point this season. I, I'm very, very high, as Chad is, on Sternod's short-term and long-term potential in Denver. Duke Boynton, bona fide superstar, big-time member of this community. Uh, jumping in on Super Chat, appreciate you, appreciate my friend. You, Duke. Realistically, I'm not holding my breath for the Broncos shining this year. The no-no words, or the word that shall go unmentioned, we'll just say CV has made has crushed my expectations for a normal season. It's best to hope for the best, plan for the worst. Cheer yeah, up, you know, Duke. <laughs> I hear you. Um, but seriously, Duke, 
Drew Locke had a great quote, and I don't have it queued up, so I'm going to paraphrase him. All right, this is not a verbatim quote, but basically what he said is with regard to players kind of having a special uh, mandate this year to prioritize football over social lives in terms of preserving the team and not bringing infection or risking anybody. And he said, look, I love football enough to make a a temporary sacrifice this year to not go out and do some of the things I might like to normally do, even though he's in a relationship, he's got a girlfriend and whatnot, fiance, in fact, I think, you know, Drew Locke, he's not going to go out and grab a steak on Friday night and sit down in a restaurant or anywhere that could expose him to an indoor environment in which 15 or more people are present because he values the game. He values his teammates. And I think, Zach, that's really a mindset that is being embraced by the entire NFL. So far, it's been, I mean, there have been CV cases that have popped up. They go into quarantine. But compared to the vast number of, I mean, take the number 80 and times it by 32, there's a lot of players in the NFL right now. Compared to that, it's been a minute fraction who have tested so far positive for the virus. So because of that, I really am a lot more optimistic about this season being able to go off. Will it go off without a hitch? Remains to be seen. But I'm still confident that you're going to get Duke a full 16-game season. Yeah, that's very well said. I think the NFL has done a, a decently good job handling CV and testing, especially the Broncos. Their plan they put in place has been pretty flawless. Um, I'm not worried about this season. I understand where you're coming from, Duke. It seems like every month this year has gotten worse and worse with more disappointment and more stuff coming out. It just it beats down your hopes, and it, it gets you down, and it gets you – um, natively thinking, but you know what? The fact we have a season starting, we have Broncos football now in less than four weeks. That game will be played. We can't speak to the entire season. We don't know what's going to happen, but we do know it's starting on time, and it's football in the fall. We all would have killed for this in March. We all wanted this to happen, and it's happening. That's how I'm looking at it. Dion Rodriguez jumping in to show us some love on Super Chat. I don't see a question or comment, just a, a super and we thank you, Dion. Thank you, and he yeah. does it again. Appreciate you again, Dion. Make sure if you're on Twitter, Dion, you reach out and connect with us, and we'll follow back. And we'd love to be able to engage with you and keep the conversation going there. So thank you for your support, my friend. We'll keep an eye out, John, will in the chat stream for any questions you want answered here in tonight's podcast. All right, let me uh, mosey on down here and see what else we've got here as. Uh, Dale says, smash that like button, gang. Really appreciate it. Facebook and YouTube especially, crucial. Hit that like button. It means everything. Um, okay, let me see what we got here. For life, for the for life, the rock. Talk about the coaches. This is on YouTube. Do you love or hate them? Please. Thank you. Well, Zach, let's just go around the horn real quick with the main <laughs> coordinators. Okay. Your thoughts. What's your outlook for Vic Fangio going into his second year as head coach? I think Fangio is the right choice as head coach of the Broncos. I think he's going to be here for the fairly long term. I'm not saying a John Madden level type brain, but I'm very happy with him. He's going to get him back into the playoffs. He was the right guy taking over for Vance Joseph. He's instilling his culture. He's one of the best defensive minds in the NFL. I'm a big Fangio guy. He has to, you know, prove that he's up to up to the task of being the Broncos head coach. But everything that we've heard and that we've seen, I'm encouraged. Yeah, let's talk about – I agree. I mean, I think he started off on some shaky ground last year, hence the 0-4 start. But Fangio got his legs underneath him and coordinated that defense by the time it was all said and done to a top 11 ranking, number one red zone defense. And the team, once it got the right quarterback under under center, 
took shape and it's great balanced roster this year. This is something I want to say it was Alfred Williams of KOA was talking about on Twitter the other day that, you know, being out there watching practice, watching training camp, this is the deepest, most balanced complementary offense or uh, roster, excuse me, that this team has had since the Peyton years. And he complimented John Elway saying, man, basically all it is now, Zach, is if Drew's the guy then that everyone thinks he is, this is a force to be reckoned with, are your Denver Broncos. So Pat Shermer comes in, really excited to have him as the offensive coordinator, and it's just perfectly timed in terms of getting the right guy teamed up with Drew Locke heading into his second year. And then he brings with him Mike Shula to court to coach Drew as his quarterback's coach. I mean, it's really a uh, – maybe it's a little bit hyperbolic to say it's a dream team set up for Drew Locke, but I don't think you could really have – Based on what was available, but what the options were, right. it was as good of what as Drew Locke could have hoped for, and what Vic Fangio could have hoped for in terms of a hiring duo heading into Drew Locke's second year. So, all in, it's it's I'm very optimistic that this is a good coaching combination heading into what is Fangio's second year. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, it, it, firing Scangarello after only one year on the job, that was a little knee-jerk, but fortunately they had a guy on the market who they were targeting, and Pat Shermer, being a quarterback whisperer is good enough. Being a coordinator who's performed well at every stop is good enough. Then you bring along Shula as your you know your technical quarterback's coach, and like Chad said, for a young guy like Drew Locke who needs this veteran coaching mentorship and ability and support, the Broncos couldn't have done a better job. And you're having a former head coach, two former head coaches on the offensive side of the ball in Pat Shermer and Mike Munchak. That helps out a young head coach in Fangio, young being meaning young on the job, so immensely. And that's a perfect setup for him. He can focus on defense, but still peek his head around to see the offense. It's a really good setup they have there. I am very high on the entire coaching staff with one exception. And most of you guys know who that one exception is. All right, let me see here. This is from Chris Hernandez, Bonafide Superstar, and we are excited to talk with Chris next Wednesday. He's going to be on the show for that week's Superstar segment. We originally had plans to have Zachary ZW Web Designs on this past Wednesday, but that got pushed back to Sunday. So next week, as we start, this is our last pod for Huddle Up this week, then we get a couple of days off to Zach and I, and then when we come back Sunday night, it'll be Zachary. And then Chris will join us Wednesday night. So we're going to have two superstar segments next week. We're stoked. We're looking forward to it. Chris says, injuries are tough, but it's part of the game. I'm curious to see how the coaches adjust. Is there time in this shortened offseason to see it? You know, I don't think it's going to be very easy to measure the coaches' um, performance efficacy until you get to the games. Zach, to be honest with you, like you'll see some coaching decisions but it'll be hard to gauge whether they're making the right decisions in terms of personnel, who gets the shot, who who gets right. the playing time, who gets the reps until you get to the regular season. But nevertheless, that kind of ties into the previous question. And so far, man, I've, I'm liking what I've seen from this new collection, this, you know, Vic Fangio and his staff thus far. And, you know, sometimes it takes deep into the regular season to make those changes. Look at last year with Johnson and Purcell. I mean, they they had to tweak the lineup a little bit, and they made, it, they made the better outcome happen. Uh, it's going to be tough, but I think the entire NFL chat is going to be sloppy to start weeks one, weeks two, weeks three. Uh, the, the CD ruined offseason, no practices, all these new moving parts and coaches. You're going to see sloppy football being played in 32 cities uh, for the first couple weeks of the season. 
it's when week four, week five, the first quarter of the season's over that you start to see, is this the right personnel? Is this the right scheme? Can we tweak anything? And then you'll start seeing, I think, the adjustments uh, take hold. The queen of MHH jumping in on Super Chat, as she is wont to do. She does not miss a podcast, and when she's in the stream, she's showing love, supporting the cause on Super Chat, and much love to you, Christy. We appreciate everything you do for us and for the community. She says, do you think we will see a lot more injuries this season because of a lack of practice in preseason? Yes. The only real – precedent we have to kind of project what this is going to be like or what's likely to be like was the 2011 lockout. And I can't remember the exact figure now off the top of my head, Zach, but when I sat in on that NFL PA call, they talked about the increase in injuries in 2011 compared to the previous season and and the season after. And it was market. I mean, it was, I want to say it was like a 20 to 30% rise in injuries in 2011 because there was no off season training program and the players just showed up at training camp, and it was, here we go. Now, in that, what was different, though, about 2011 is there was a preseason. So there were more opportunities for guys to get hurt, I guess, is what I'm getting at, Zach. So yeah. it's not necessarily an apples-to-apples apples comparison, but it's the closest thing we have uh, for an analogy to kind of project what might happen in 2020. You know, I was actually thinking about this because the first couple of weeks of training camp, the acclimation period, there were no injuries. And then once teams started practicing, I, I noticed it on Roto World when I was browsing through that, all these big injuries coming out now every single day. I mean, that's what happens when the teams finally ramp things up and, and players get into football shape. A lot of fans don't know there's a giant difference between being in regular shape and just in, in personal shape and being in football shape. And now the players are getting out there, they're stretching their hammies out, they're stretching their ACLs out, their Achilles out, and you're seeing injuries as a result of that. And that's going to continue on with no preseason. The preseason, as sad as it is, it's almost like a sacrificial period for NFL players. You're going to weed out, you know, like Darwin's Law, you're going to weed out the weaker ones to get to the stronger ones in the regular season. We don't have that this summer. So you're going to see that effect take hold the first couple weeks of the season. I keep saying this, we'll see more normal NFL football in mid season and beyond but for the first couple weeks sloppy injury filled it's going to be just bad football but football nonetheless andrew morrow jumping in with a very generous super chat thank you andrew and it's great to have you back in the stream my friend he says been a while since i've chimed in but i'm still eating up mhh content as i can mile high salute to you my dog he says keep up the great work and go broncos hashtag mhh fantasy league yes andrew That's coming down the pike here in the very near future. We'll be providing details for those in the community who are going to want to participate in uh, MHH Fantasy League. But that's something that we are cooking up. It will happen this year. We will have more details probably by Sunday show, Chad. We're aiming to put something out there for that. So keep, uh, keep it locked, Andrew. All right. So we are running out of time here. So let me grab our great superstars who... Have questions and comments waiting. What? Joseph Semadeni jumping back in, showing some love. Appreciate you, Joe. Did Lloyd Cushenberry get any more time with the ones today? Yes, he did. Uh, he did. It was about the same as, as yesterday, though. So no real progress in terms of consuming you know, more rap, uh, rep shares, Zach, but he's getting exposed to the first team. He's getting a chance to you know, jive with Drew Locke and whatnot. So steady as she goes, as long as he's continued, he's not 
losing the opportunity to work with the ones. So far, Austin Schlotman's kind of been the main guy, and Patrick Morris sprinkled in a little bit as well. And nothing those two guys have done so far has been able to stave off him getting his opportunity with the ones, and nothing he's done, Zach, up to this point, Cushenberry, has made the coaches go, ooh, he's not ready for any ones right now. Let's put him back on the twos or the threes. Right, yeah, it's going to be a process, and obviously the Broncos' offensive coaches, the same thing they're doing with DeMar Dotson is kind of just delaying the inevitable. We all know they're going to get into the lineup, and they're just trying to give the younger guys a chance at first. Cushenberry, I think Chad would agree as well, will be the week one starting center. He is the long-term center, and he is getting more time. He's either getting him acclimated. He, they're easing him into the process. As long as he's on the field by the Titans game, I'm a happy camper. Here is an extremely generous super chat from our friend Dale, who wow. makes Dale. his home in paradise in Hawaii. Dale, we Thank love you, you, my friend, and your generosity just blows us away. Seriously, we appreciate you so much. And, um, you know, we tag you and try to engage with you, by the way, Dale, on Twitter, at Horse of War on Twitter is where you can find Dale here. But I don't think you jump, you get on Twitter very often because uh, it's crickets, dude, when we tweet at you. So it's just another way to stay in touch. You know, we also keep in touch with you on email, so either way is fine. But really appreciate your support, Dale, as you know, my friend, and hope those those four uh, MHH face masks we sent out to you, I hope they've been <laughs> useful for you so far. He says, what's up, gents? I hope Todd Davis is okay, but I think we all are hoping Sternod takes over. Fangio has said good things about Sternod. We need to cover tight ends better from the linebacker position. And, Zach, that is absolutely true. The one thing I'll say is that compared to the to, to the Joseph Joe Woods slash in the previous regime to previous two regimes Wade Phillips and and uh, Jack Del Rio compared to the, his four predecessors as a defensive play caller, Vic Fangio's scheme was much more on point covering tight ends last year. But there were still plenty of games. Zach Darren Waller had some huge games against. The oh Broncos. yeah, Travis Kelsey had a huge game, and I know I'm missing some off the top of my head, but it wasn't. Locked down like it needs to be. You're you're never going to completely shut down the true great tight ends in this league, no matter who you are. Um, but showed progress last year. Now what you need is the right personnel. Yeah, there's a difference though between you know not not dominating the tight ends and letting them run wild and uncovered and just being four steps behind. And that's what we've seen the last couple of years with Brandon Marshall and Todd Davis and Josie Jewell. They finally have that guy in Sternod who can run with those tight ends and run with those running backs. And it's all just getting him on the field now, getting him up to speed and getting him acclimated. Todd Davis, great run-stopping linebacker, not great in pass coverage. And we're just tired of seeing this year after year after year. Terry Randall, jumping back in. Thank you, my friend, <laughs> on Super Chat. Still waiting happened. for Zach to tell us how he really nope. feels. Hashtag football priest. I'm going to be Hashtag. vague and ambiguous, and I'm never. I'm going to be passive. I'm never going to open my mouth, Chad. That's not me. Chris, reminding everybody, click those little thumbs up, MHH fam, and we second that most deaf. Zach, you're getting a question here on how uh, the uh, Red Rifle is handling backing up Dak so far. How's old Andy Dalton doing in his new football environs? You know what? It, it's tough because one obviously is running the first string. One's running the second string and Dak's without. And then they replaced centers. They had a Pro Bowl center retire. And now the left tackle's hurt and the right tackle's hurt. So he doesn't have his full uh, supporting cast, Dak Prescott. He's looked okay, though. He's gotten picked six by a rookie. Uh, Andy Dalton's been just Andy Dalton, kind of just floating and uh, hanging in there. Um, this, it's tough to compare, but the Cowboys have a much better backup quarterback than a lot of teams, including the Broncos. It'd be nice to have him over uh, Driscoll. 
Mundungus the Wiz jumping back in on Super Chat. Appreciate you. To say, Juwan James looks like Voldemort ate another Voldemort and then ate some cake. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. I love it. And yeah, there's, there is some similar features, right? You know, you got the bald head, you got the no eyebrows. So absolutely, I can see the parallels there, Zach. Me too. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good one, actually. We got some uh, ones on Twitter, Chad. I think it was from Larry. Larry Vaughn tweeted us a comparison with Juwan James and some other uh, characters. It was pretty funny. Yes, yes. Larry Vaughn, that was good stuff, my friend. Uh, I could only like it because we do, you know, we have to be careful what we retweet. Uh, we don't want to piss off our networks. We don't want to piss off the team we cover. We got to be careful <laughs> and keep it professional. So sometimes we might just heart. So a tweet, not necessarily retweeted or comment, but nevertheless, Dale, Judas Priest, man. Thank wow. you, my friend. Really appreciate, appreciate your support. You so much, Dale. Thank you. And uh, it just it just blows us away. Thank you. That's all we can say. Thank you, my friend. It, it means everything to us. He says, so far, I'm liking what I hear about the draft class. I'm still going to try and make a game or two this year, regardless of that word, which we won't name. Is there any word on tailgating at the stadium? Still looking to clank tankards, hashtag state of being. Yeah, man. Um, I think at this stage, Dale, we're all waiting to hear what the state has, uh, what their reply to the Broncos' official request to have 20% capacity in the stadium, what their reply is. And if they do, then, yeah, you better believe there's going to be some form, I would estimate anyway, Zach, some kind of tailgating, although maybe there won't be because they can't guarantee social distancing. And But at the same time, well, I was going to say, if it's not in the stadium, it's not their problem. But then at the same time, the parking lots in which these um, these tailgates take place, obviously that's on, on Bronco property. So, right. you know, we'll see, my friend, and hopefully it works out that way. And hopefully it works out, too, to where we can join you and, and clank some yes. tankers. tankers. It would be awesome. So thank you, my friend. Uh, Greg wants to know, would either of us be for a playoff bubble if that ever materialized as far as the NFL? He's down in in Las Vegas, but what's your thoughts? Thanks for the question, Greg. You know, I, I would be more for it than I was a regular season bubble. It's more practical, but a big part of the NFL, which doesn't really uh, come into play in the MLB or the uh, NBA, is home field advantage for these teams. And I think even in a limited capacity, I think these teams in the playoffs would like to have their fans at their own home stadium, less travel, uh, less to worry about, less of a, a foreign environment. If it had to be, if it meant playoffs or nothing, I'm for the bubble. But if, if all things being equal, I like to, for it to say uh, how it is, Chad. Normal. I happen to agree with you on this, Dale. He says, I think the Raiders are going to be sorry they passed on Jerry Judy. But I'm so glad they did. And I am too. I've just been completely thrilled with what I've seen from Judy thus far. I'd be lying to you, though, Zach, if I were to say that I've been keeping close tabs on how Henry Ruggs is doing with the Raiders so far. Have you heard any buzz on him? I haven't, but what I was going to say is that CeeDee Lamb is looking really well in training camp. So the Raiders actually passed on Lamb and Jerry Judy for Henry Ruggs, who I wanted, but I don't think when it's all said and done, based on now, based on how it's turned out through a handful of practices, that they have the best receiver in this draft class. I mean, that's the one thing that separated, and this is something I talked about on the podcast often leading up to the draft, is that Henry Ruggs was an explosive and is an explosive athlete, but he was not the polished receiver that Jerry Judy or C.D. Lamb was. That's why for me, he was number three. For me, it went Lamb, Judy, Ruggs. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, we'll see how it shakes out, but I think that's why you'll see it take a little bit longer for rugs to get up to speed, whereas Judy and, and uh, Lamb are going to be able to hit the ground running and produce out of the gates. Mundungus, again, jumping in. Appreciate you, bro. Thank you. Juwan James reminds me of Peter <laughs> Griffin with a knee injury. Yeah. <laughs> love it, dude. That's funny. We I see the meme right now. Where are we at? We're at 107. All right, we got to really wind it down. Let me see here. I think we got one from Duke, and then we will bounce out of here for tonight, gang. You know we hate parting with our great community and audience, but uh, we do have some other fish that we have to. Uh, <laughs> That's a T-shirt right there. Listen, it's it's a uh, it's the way I was raised. I was raised to never take the Lord's name in vain. Okay, and so what was said in in my uh, neck of the woods as a as a replacement to that is uh, Judas Priest. So, yeah, that's something I guess it does come out sometimes. All right, Duke, appreciate you, my friend. Thank he you. says, thank you, Chad and Zach. Y'all bring an insight and upbeat attitude to the Bronco Nation slash Broncos country. Love you, Duke. Appreciate that, my friend. Seriously, means a lot to us. Your support in more ways than one is very impactful, and it means a lot to us. Yeah, do keep your chin up. It seems like from your last question, you're a little uh, down on everything about CV and the season, the way this year has gone. We all are. It's been tough on literally every single one of us, regardless of uh, employment or political affiliation. We're almost through the worst of it. We're almost to the regular season. We're going to have the season. Duke, I know you love football like I do. Just look at the positives and focus on that, and we'll all be good. I promise you. All right, guys. Chris, it was good having you in the stream as always, my friend. Have a great night right back at you. Click those thumbs up, and uh, we second that, absolutely. All right, guys, we do have to get out of here for tonight. Um, Appreciate you. Appreciate you, Miller707. I'd be curious, what's your real name, dude? Because I don't know you except for on YouTube. Are you on on Twitter? If so, reach out to me, my friend, and uh, let's connect. But, gang, we do got to get out of here before we go. Make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter, as you can see here on the screen, at HuddleUpPod. While you're at it, follow at MileHighHuddle. And then while you're at that, make sure you follow my partner, Zach Kelberman, on Twitter, at KelbermanNFL. Myself, at Chad and Jensen. We love engaging with you on Twitter. We love engaging with you at MileHighHuddle.com in the comment section, in the community section. So that's another way to keep these conversations going and engaged with us is we are constantly producing content, written content at milehighhuddle.com, and we are engaging with everybody in the comments section. So join us over there. Help us to uh, keep that conversation going. And then, gang, don't forget to subscribe, like, and share. If you like what we did for you here tonight, if you enjoy this content, share it out there. Help us continue to grow. And another shout-out to our Facebook supporters and those of you who are – we don't have the, the ability to show the stars live on the StreamYard platform that we use – Hopefully that'll change here in the near future, but we appreciate our Facebook supporters and those of you on Facebook who are supporting this live stream by giving us stars while we're live. It all adds up and it all helps out and we appreciate you guys. But Zach, have a great weekend, bro. What do you got uh, cooking for this weekend? Training camp, training camp, training camp, training camp, work, work, work. A lot of stuff going on, Chad, and I'm trying to catch up to it all, as are you. Obviously, it's it's a lot every single day, but um, that's the fun of it. And we're looking forward to the next podcast, talking to Zach on Sunday night. And uh, hopefully we have an injury update on some of these players by then. So always looking forward to our next pod. Hope you have a good weekend as well. Yes, sir. But for me, it's training camp, like you said, and it's also some yard work. Got to Got to keep up with this freaking yard of mine. 
and maybe a little drums, maybe a little drums. We'll see. But gang, hope you have a great weekend. Thank you for joining us. And a mile high salute to our Super Chat superstars. Much love to you and our Facebook supporters. Don't forget tomorrow night, you got Lance Sanderson and Eric Trickle bringing you a deep dive, I'm sure, on Dove Valley Deep Divers, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern, Saturday night, although Zach and I will still be off. You'll have Luke Patterson and Nick Kendall bringing you some content with the Mile High Insiders. And then Zach and I will be back in the saddle Sunday night to kick off a fresh new week of Mile High Huddle podcasting with one of the superstars in the community. We can't wait to introduce you to him, Zachary's Web Design. So until then, gang, have a great weekend. And don't forget also, shout out to the producer, John K., John Cronenberg. Follow him on Twitter. I almost forgot, at John K. MHH. But we got to get out of here. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We will talk to you guys Sunday night. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.